And welcome to the pre-snap motion podcast brought to you by sharpfootballanalysis.com. I'm your host, Chad Scott. With me as always, my buddy, Rich Rebar. Rich, what's happening, man? Chad, man, it's, uh, you know, the, we started in August, which means we're kind of in this final countdown. And, you know, we're, you know, the news has been still kind of probably leaning probably towards more pessimistic with, you know, because this, this is where the period where everyone's doing testing and you're getting those player right. dropouts. It looks like player dropouts end on Thursday is going to be the deadline for that. Yeah. Um, there's been a significant amount of people that have dropped out. I mean, probably not a lot for our fantasy world have really, you know, kind of come out and, and, and bailed. So we'll see what happens these last few days. But the guys are still in camp. We're starting to see videos of guys working out in masks and catching passes. Saw Julio Jones. Saw Julio Jones working out and catching a one-handed pass. And so hey. we're starting to see some of those vines trickle out yeah. that we missed out on for the last few months. It's kind of a bummer that we won't like get like a a, a puff piece on Devontae Parker this year since he finally broke out. <laughs> it's gonna happen on like Corey Davis now or somebody like that. <laughs> the new Devontae Parker. Corey who, Coleman or who Josh is our Doxon. Best is Ronald Jones the new Devontae Parker or did like well, he, had a thousand, he had a thousand yards last yeah, year? Yeah, apparently he's. I mean, he's got the calves this year. Apparently, I, I saw yeah. he has got some big calves. So. That's, that's yeah, the start. The Johnny drama, you know, the calf implants uh, from Entourage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love them. Gotta love them. Uh, but before we get started on the podcast, again, like to remind everybody, make sure you're going over to uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com, picking up your copy of uh, the Warren's 2020 football preview. Uh, again, it's 350 plus pages of greatness. Uh, I have my copy. And uh, you should go get yours. And Rich, today is the first. Well, actually, today's episode is the first time that we are going to be able to give away a few copies of of this book that we've been talking about week in and week out. Um, this is how it works. I mean, Rich, you and I are both going to pick uh, one person each uh, this week to give away a free PDF copy of this book. Only thing you have to do is go subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, our podcast. And uh, Rich and I will each pick out our favorite one. Uh, those that have already reviewed the podcast, you are eligible as well. Um, so don't, don't think we're leaving you out. But uh, the easiest way to do it is uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, give us a great review, a funny review, something that will catch our, our eye. And uh, you could have yourself Warren's new book. I like that, man. I mean, I'm looking for something creative. I don't know. You, you can pick whatever winner you feel free. I mean, my criteria is going to be something creative. Probably tells me that I'm awesome. Uh, probably looking <laughs> something, something in those lines. They all tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. But uh, you need creative. I definitely like a little creative uh, review out there. So definitely, please, please, please. It's a big deal to us. And we'll give you away uh, a couple copies of the PDF. And if this goes well and you guys show out, uh, for this event, we will have potential to give away more stuff down the line um, that could be even better than these PDFs. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, definitely keep that in mind. So, listen, we're both going to pick a winner. Go, please, rate, review, subscribe. It's a big deal to us. And, you know, you can get a little free PDF out of the action, too, uh, to the Sharp Football Book if you have not picked that up yet. Yeah. Uh, and make sure when you do your review, make sure that you are putting your Twitter handle or uh, email address, something that we know how to get a hold of you because – 
the only way that we can give you this this PDF file is through your email so we have to be able to contact you somehow so make sure you're doing that as well and like you said rich uh, this could lead to uh, if, as long as it gets enough enough uh, reviews I mean this could lead to more book give, giveaways in the future and and who knows maybe even some fantasy football subscriptions which would be which would be pretty awesome because uh, it, it's over I mean the the, the freebies are gone um, it's it's uh, you're behind a paywall now buddy and and it's it's time that means the season is here so uh, well, not, let's get not, it. not all the freebies are gone we still got some right. content and there will be articles per week that are free but yeah a lot of this has shifted with the with the tears PDF coming out that 65 page massive PDF myself that I put out uh, for subscribers is out so I mean that's kind of the the signs that we're headed into this draft guide season I'll be putting stuff out that when you put everything together over this next month, uh, to the start of week one, it's basically we put together and be a, a comprehensive draft guide. And I'm, I'm going to have some articles next week on how I'm approaching drafts at every position. And then, you know, I'm kind of running through some ADP and stuff this week, and I'm going to do some position opportunity cost stuff. And then we're going to really talk about meat and potatoes and how I'm drafting and share with you guys. And then you also can do, I'm going to be doing some chats some draft chats with subscribers and uh, you can come and ask me anything you want, even prior to the season. So we'll have some of that stuff on the table. But there still will be a couple free articles, you know, definitely free content during the week for people still to hit the site. Even if you don't have a subscription, there is still going to be some free content on the site. So, uh, you know, definitely get that subscription. But, you know, hey, we're still here for you, too. We're here for everybody. That's right. I'm, I'm glad because it makes me feel better as I head into this season. Um, so let's get on with this episode. Rich, you recently put out an article on target value uh, run through the premise on that article and how it came about. So I've always talked about, you know, the types of targets, you know, players get. I did, like I said, I had my tiers come out and I always group my tiers by how players score. They're not just breaks and rankings like some tiers are in a lot of sites. Um, I group my players based on how they score and their opportunities they get. And then, you know, um, you know, that way you have a chance to arbitrage, you know, specific sub archetypes, uh, you know, if, you know, a guy like Robert Woods is going at pick 18 and you miss out on him, well, maybe a guy like Tyler Boyd is available two rounds later that's, you know, a similar archetype, gets similar types of targets, uh, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And you can, you know, pick out those spots and drafts. But um, I got in a couple conversations on Twitter talking about, you know, specific target value and why I some players I would chase more than others because of the types of targets they get. So I kind of hashed it out and basically figured out, you know, over the uh, – uh, you know, the last decade, what kind of targets were worth. And, you know, a deep target that is a throw 15 yards or further downfield uh, is basically worth two, on average, two PPR fantasy points, a red zone target, 2.4 fantasy points, a target inside the 10, almost three full fantasy points, an end zone target, no matter where it comes from, 3.7 points, and then none of the above, a non-deep target, non-end zone target that comes from outside the red zone is by far the lowest valued fantasy target that you get just at you know 1.4 PPR points on average so then I went through and took the top 40 wide receivers in ADP and showed their targets per game rates and then the rates on which they received deep targets red zone targets targets inside the 10 and end zone targets and compared them to the field and then also through a 2019 chart with the same thing so you can compare and contrast last year's results and see what was an outlier based on players careers um, and then I threw a bunch of analysis in there on a bunch of the players and that's a completely free article that you can go check out on the site uh, but I'll, we'll kind of use that as the catalyst to steer some of our conversation here because we're going to basically just talk about some wide receivers today. So we're just talking about the wide receiver position, but I'd encourage 
everyone to check out that article. I'm going to reference it a couple times here when we talk about some of these players, especially in this open. Um, so definitely go check that out and find out who your favorite player is and see what kind of targets he gets and see if he should be your favorite player anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, one of our, one of our favorite players that we've, we've talked about uh, in the last couple of years is, is Alan Robinson. And he's somebody that really stands out uh, in your article. Um, now that his his prices has really gone up since mm-hmm. this offseason started, and of course, I mean some of that is contributed to the to the Evan Silva bump. But uh, how how comfortable are we currently? He's drafted within the top ten wide receivers in PPR. How comfortable are we with Allen Robinson in 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 that scenario? I'm still comfortable, but you know, last year was definitely a year I was all in on Allen Robinson when his right. price just plummeted. I, I mean, I grabbed him in so many dynasty leagues last year. Um, and if you followed my stuff last year, I was really high on him. And he was my most undervalued wide receiver in the Roto World draft guide before I joined Sharp Football Analysis. And then I pumped him up on this site too. Um, you know, but if you check out that article I put out, I mean, he ranks ninth amongst the top 40 receivers in ADP and career targets per game. So you get the volume check. The, the targets are there, overall targets. Um, then he's ninth in, in career deep ball rate. He's 15th in career red zone target rate, seventh in inside the 10 rate. Uh, and then he's 15th in end zone target rate. He's the only wide receiver in the top 40 that is in the top 15 in every single category mm. of those in, in that post. So you're getting volume and you're getting the types of targets you want. That's how he was able to bounce back last year, uh, you know, in his second year in Chicago. And this actually, you know, went on in the back half of the 2018 season and he was able to roll that over to last year. Um, the volume is still in play uh, for, for the bears. Uh, they have a really great schedule. They have our seventh ranked passing schedule uh, this season at sharpfootballstats.com. If you go check out passing, passing efficiency, he already broke out with Mitchell Trubisky. So a really quarterback plays a problem. And listen, Allen Robinson has been in football hell for quarterback play dating back to college, you know, from, Christian Hackenberg to, you know, Blake Bortles, Chase Daniel started a couple games. He's at Trubisky. Uh, it's been rough for, for Allen Robinson. Chad Henney constantly had some targets from him, I'm sure, at Jacksonville. It's been, it's been rough for Allen Robinson in the quarterback play. And, listen, we know he chose to go to Chicago. He wasn't, his arm wasn't twisted to sign there. But, you know, we would like to see him play with some comp, competent quarterback play at some point. And last year he didn't even need it. So, uh, and he hasn't needed it for, you know, when you go back to the Jacksonville days. So he has jumped in price. But uh, I'm so confident in his volume and the types of targets he gets are the types of – that's what you want. You want volume and you want these money targets. So I'm, I'm so good with Allen Robinson kind of as a, a locked-in, you know, wide receiver one in terms of opportunity and upside. Um, but, yeah, he definitely showed out in this project that I worked on. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned his targets and volume. Last year, 154 targets. Can you – are you expecting around the same amount of targets this year? Yeah, I think he's going to be in that area. I definitely, I use typically when I do projections, I come under, I'm a little more conservative just because I'm not using my projections for like a strict one-off. And then I like to play with ceiling and floor. So, I mean, sometimes I'll see what does the guy look like with a 28% market share or a 20% market share. But typically I don't project like ceiling outcomes for players. I'm more staying in the parameters of like a, uh, you know, an average or like a, you know, based on a player's career and opportunities the team will have. But I mean, I definitely think he'll be in the 135, 140 range pretty easily. (laughs) When you look at just, when you look at that (laughs) roster, yeah, see, definitely right there. I mean, when you look at that roster, I mean, we know where the ball's going to go. 
know. It's going to be him, Anthony Miller, Tariq Cohen, maybe a couple deep shots to Ted Ginn until he passes that torch to Darnell Mooney potentially. Uh, and then we have no idea what they're – they're down to six tight ends now, I believe. They started the offseason at 10. I believe they're down to six now. Uh, but none of those guys are really target threats in year one. Uh, year one, Cole Komet, and then the ghost of Jimmy Graham. So, I mean, it's still going to be the Allen Robinson show. And since he's joined the Bears, they've done a really good job of moving him around. Uh, over 40% of his routes have been in the slot as well with the Bears. So they're able to get him uh, targets, too, to get him freed. And, you know, part of that was the reason because they realized that they had to get him those types of targets because, you know, Mitch, Mitch wasn't getting it to him down the field as, as much yeah. as we'd like. Right. So you got to create some, some, some cheapies for him like they've done. And Matt Nagy has done that for Allen Robinson. So, yeah, absolutely, I believe he's definitely there in terms of overall targets uh, to be expe- expected to be in that range. Uh, I totally agree. And the next player I want to talk about is somebody who, who basically is on the almost on the opposite end of the spectrum when you, when it comes to uh, volume. Uh, first two years, this is his third year coming in, been under 100, 100 targets each season. But what he does with these targets is, uh, is just the most, one of the most efficient people or players in the NFL right now, and that's Calvin Ridley. Uh, how how do we how do we get away from Calvin Ridley? Is there a story out there that we could tell that talks us out of Calvin Ridley this season? I have a hard time finding one. I mean, you know, I know that it's like an old hat that people keep talking about, like he's the industry darling like Godwin was last year, but it's because it's so hard to poke holes in the yeah. argument. I mean, it's the same thing that happened with Godwin last year. It just got progressively like you had to really search out for a reason to not like him. And that's kind of where we are with Ridley. Um, so he's only at 92 and 93 to targets his first two seasons but he ranks seventh in uh points per target on deep targets he's first in points per target and red zone targets he's third in points per target on targets inside the 10 and he's third in points per end zone target of the top 40 wide receivers in adp the only thing that's really been missing for him, the missing ingredient has been volume and he's set up to get that this season you know with no muhammad sanu uh, they haven't really replaced that third wide receiver spot. It's just Russell Gage, Laquan Treadwell uh, are, are really kind of fighting for that spot. Maybe Olamide Zacchaeus uh, gets involved there. He was a, a guy that did have a, a good end of his college career as well. I think he can get involved and play the slot as well. Uh, you know, they trade Austin Hooper, and we don't know what Hayden Hurst is going to do. I am high on Hayden Hurst, too, for his opportunity. And then every season that Matt Ryan has played with Dirk Cutter, He's been top five in pass attempts. Right. So the right. team volume is going to be there. His share of the slice of the pie is projected to be the largest it's ever been. Uh, and he's been so good with the opportunity he's got in his first two years, like, uh, you know, Chris Godwin was coming into his, you know, third season last year. Uh, it's just really kind of the table set for him to, to really be one of these hyperproductive players. Uh, it's really hard when he's there, you know, at the back of the fourth round or the middle of the fourth round and I've cleared my – you know, wave of guys that I do like more than him uh, to not just pull pull the trigger on him every time where he's at uh, because it's really set up for him really to, to to really have lift off this year. Yeah, right now looking at fantasy pros current ADP uh, PPR, he is currently the wide receiver sixteen going off the board just after Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, and just before Robert Woods and Cortland Sutton. Are you uh, out of those? You know four other guys are you team Calvin there yeah absolutely so I mean the guys in his ADP spot like so the first guy I always look for um it's a guy we'll talk Adam about like, all, yeah I look <laughs> feeling the, feeling the I, four, 
I mean, cause I, I think in, in industry drafts, I take Thielen in the third round because I know other people are on him. But in like typical, like these, a lot of these best ball tens and FPC, he goes in the fourth round every time. Like, I know I can get him in the fourth round almost every draft. So he's been kind of my go-to in that spot. But yeah, I mean, I have I have Ridley, you know, higher than all those guys in Kurt ranks. Um, and I have him over some guys that go ahead of him in ADP as well. Um, I don't quite have him as a locked-in wide receiver one, but I definitely think the potential is there for both those guys to be wide receiver ones. And you go back to the early Falcon days when Julio joined him, him and Roddy were back-to-back years drafted as in the eighty ADPs as top twelve wide receivers, and they hit one of those years as well in Julio's first two seasons. Uh, so I mean, you're talking about a third-year wide receiver, and you, they got Julio locked into target shares. But after that, it's kind of Hayden Hurst. Can, can Todd Gurley, you know, stay on the That's field, get involved sure. in the pass game, and then what happens with this wide receiver? wide receiver three spot because people talk when we draw the corollary to Chris Godwin a lot it wasn't just Deshaun Jackson left that opened this runway for Chris Godwin so did Adam Humphreys and that's what really kind of opened this all up for a guy to go from you know 95 targets to 135 target pace because he missed the last two games of last year so that's kind of the runway for Ridley uh you know is open because we don't know if there's going to be a productive wide receiver three at least to levels of what Muhammad Sanu was um, and we don't know if Hayden Hurst can completely match what Austin Hooper put out. So, I mean, it's like I said, it's really hard to really jam holes in, in Calvin Ridley. I think that the, maybe the main hole you can say is that he has gotten dinged up both years. And, you know, maybe he's a guy that, you know, has a little bit of that Sammy Watkins in him that, you know, he, he he's going to pick up some of these injuries. Maybe that's – I mean, but even then you're stretching. You're, I'm not going to play the injury guessing game. Right. But right, maybe right. that's the, that, that's like really the only – the only straws you can throw on the camel's back really for him. Yeah. And interesting. You brought up Humphreys cause he's actually the key that unlocks Corey Davis as well. So that's, <laughs> that's, in, that's interesting. Um, I want to talk about some targets from uh, maybe the, the second best quarterback in the NFL and Russell Wilson, maybe the first, uh, if we're, if we're being honest, but uh, targets from Russell Wilson, those are, those are valuable things to be had. And we're talking about um, one of the younger and most dynamic uh, duo of the NFL receivers that we have in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So what do you have for me on those guys? Yeah, those were two guys that really popped in that study. I mean, Seattle definitely doesn't throw the ball as much as we'd like. We've been screaming it for years. You're uh, you're in Seattle. You're in the Washington area. Uh, you know, so you know. I mean, you, this, you live this on a, on a fan base level. Uh, but when they do throw the football, these guys jump. I mean, they get – big targets that are saturated in fantasy fat. I mean, Russell Wilson is, he's the only quarterback to throw 30 or more touchdowns in each of the past three years. He's the only quarterback to have multiple seasons of 30 or more passing touchdowns in any of that span. Everyone else just has one season. Um, and he's ranked first or second in the NFL in red uh, end zone pass attempts in all three seasons. So first or second in the NFL. So he's mm. sure Russell Wilson's not throwing 600 times. But when he does throw the football, they are downfield targets and they are end zone targets. And it's had an impact on his wide receivers. And you look at DK Metcalf, I mean, he had a league leading 18% of his targets as a rookie come in the end zone. Uh, and he was 18th in that same group of players we talked about in deep ball rate. Uh, and then you look at what he was able to do, just like we, a lot of these rookies, you know, they, they're slow burns. We talked about this in our auction draft and uh, the COVID draft. We're expecting these guys. And Metcalf was – you know, not dissimilar. He did have a really solid week one against the Bengals, but, you know, through eight games, DK Metcalf averaged just 2.9 receptions and 5.6 targets. 
Uh, he had just 18% team target share for 50 yards per game. Uh, he had four fewer receptions in all eight of those games uh, to open the season. Then over his final 10 games played throughout the playoffs, he averaged 4.6 receptions. He had 21.6% of team targets. He averaged 71.7 yards per game. And he had six or more catches in six of those 10 games. He really elevated over the back half of the season. And then Tyler Lockett is just probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL because he doesn't get those gaudy target shares that a lot of his peers get. But he's 11th, uh, he's 11th in those top 40s in deep ball rate uh, and end zone rate. And then, uh, you know, on his deep targets, he's third in points per target for his career. Uh, and he's 10th in points per end zone target in his career. Uh, so, I mean, those are, those are big time types of targets we want to target, even though the Seattle guys are not going to get the target shares, uh, like some of their peers surrounding them, the types of targets they do get have a lot more weight to them than some of the targets those other guys get, which was what makes them value, um, which is what makes them valuable. And I mean, Tyler Lockett is definitely one of the best values. Uh, you're in this area, you're in the area there. Does them adding if they follow through and add either an Antonio Brown who is suspended the first eight games or I'd bring Josh Gordon back, is there any threat to those guys? Like, do you feel worse about any of those guys if they add one of those guys or no? No, not at all. I mean, I, I just think that whoever the third person is going to be is, you know, they get whatever, however many targets, but I think Lockett and, and Metcalf are, are basically locked in for, for what, what they're going to have as a market share this year. I mean, um, you mentioned uh, just – Tyler Lockett getting those money, those money uh, targets. I think he was looking at my thing here, 17 of 23 targets uh, within the 20 yard line, seven touchdowns last year. Um, I mean, you can't ask for that and anything, anything more, even in a, in a, in a high volume offense. Yeah. I mean, those are the ty types of targets we care about. And that's kind of the discrepancy of you say, well, Hey, Tyler Lockett, is only going to probably max out at 110 targets, but you know, a guy in it and versus a guy neck like near him in ADP, maybe like a Robert Woods, who's going to definitely get like 130, 140 targets. When you compare the types of targets that those two guys get, that's when you that's why a guy like Tyler Lockett has more ceiling weeks than a guy like Robert Woods and has at this point in his career, um, which you know has a big fantasy impact, they win you more weeks. Um, sure. Which, I mean, listen, I, love, I love Robert Woods, too. I love any guys that get 140 targets. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what makes Tyler Lockett, I think, undervalued where he goes. I definitely – I have – I'm way above the market on Tyler Lockett um, just because of how he's performed per target. I think he's legitimately one of the most undervalued wide receivers in the actual NFL as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those targets from Russell Wilson – and maybe you just use the common denominator and just say, well, that's how much targets from Russell Wilson worth. That's how good of a guy, player Russell Wilson is. Uh, and then maybe one season you just run into high volume that it is from Russ. But, uh, yeah. It's got to happen one of these years. Targets are – but, th listen, targets from Russ, even though he hasn't thrown and had the volume some of these other guys have, have just been hyper, hyper efficient uh, for these players. And it's been consistent even before guys like Tyler Lockett, you know. So – uh, that's the kind of player Russ is. He's a talent elevator. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's pretty cre it's pretty crazy to think just in the last in the last two years, Tyler Lockett has caught 18 touchdowns um, in, in with that many with what 170-ish targets, 180 targets, something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty crazy. Um, another guy that you know he's not on our sheet, but I heard uh, I heard your podcast with a friend of the podcast, Davis Maddock, um, this week, and you talked about Mike Williams, and I thought. Um, you should you should bring some of that goodness onto the pre snap motion podcast. So Mike Williams, like, just talk about his, his he he has got this crazy uh, target share stuff going on, and I want to hear it. <laughs> 
from you here. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Williams is one of those guys I, I typically target, uh, you know, in drafts because we're talking about just like deeper, cheap upside plays. And I like to target wide receiver twos that like on shallow depth charts, because if something were to happen to the wide receiver one, then, you know, their target shares would go bonkers like that. We, you know, a guy like Mike Williams, we're not going to project for a 25% target share. But if something were to happen to Keenan Allen, go look at the rest of that Chargers wide receiver depth chart. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback either. Like he's going to get funneled a large percentage of the targets if something were to happen to Keenan Allen. And then you have, you know, the, you know, the upside factor with Mike Williams for the types of targets he gets anyways, you know, inherently, uh, you know, he's a guy that in the same list, the top 40 wide receivers in ADP, he's first in the, of all those players in rate of deep passes, throws downfield. Uh, he's first in red zone passes. He's second in end zone passes, third in targets inside of 10. So if you ever run into a season where just his volume spikes, his overall volume spikes, that's how you, you know, run into the keys of, you know, really unlocking a guy that can really smash his ADP. And his ADP is super cheap anyways. So even if you have some volatility and there's downside there, that's already priced in, you know, you're, the, the bust rates there at that point are really high. So you need, it's not even a big loss if he's still using the same capacity that he was used in. Um, and then you think about a guy like Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, he's one of the he's one of the guys that has relied on the red zone the, the least over for pass attempts too. So I mean those downfield targets aren't going to be going to Keenan Allen; they're going to be going to Mike Williams. And if they do get in the red zone, they go to Mike Williams anyways. Uh, so I mean there, you know there's an opportunity for Mike Williams, and there's a reason why he's, his ADP is so low. It's because he's another one of these guys that doesn't get a lot of overall targets, and he's not these target hogs. Uh, but the types of targets he does get are really good for fantasy points. Um, we know that he kind of oscillated back and forth on that, uh, you know, wonky touchdown regression, you know, where he overshot in 2018 with the 10 touchdowns and then way undershot with just the, you know, just the two last year. Uh, so there's going to be some middle ground and him scoring touchdowns too that will probably add a little bit more stability, you know, to his output. And then if anything were to happen to Keenan Allen, um, he would he would walk right into a high target share. I mean, Keenan Allen left a game. Uh, he didn't miss any games last year, but, you know, he left the game towards the end of that 2018 season, and it was Mike Williams' best game of his career. He just got funnel targets in that Thursday night game against the Chiefs. Uh, so, I mean, if something were to happen to him, then there's a big spike in opportunity for a guy that's going around, you know, wide receiver 38 and below, uh, you know, an ADP. So, I mean, he's definitely a guy I, I keep – you know, earmarked, you know, for my bench bench spots from my receivers where he goes. Cause he's, he's dirt, he's free and he gets the types of targets that are, that really matter. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's odd to me that you, uh, you have no love for guys like Andre Patton, Joe Reed, uh, fantasy footballer himself, Jason Moore. Um, Andre Patton was just cut, I think yesterday. Was he? Yeah. Well, <laughs> time to update that. So is Joe Reed the number three right now? Is, that, that's is the, that what I'm reading? That seems to be the consensus lead from the beats is that Joe Reed is going to be the wide receiver three. Intr- intriguing prospect himself as well, especially, yeah. you know, he's got that good return game profile that we like, and he's got that size-speed combo. Uh, but, yeah, the depth chart is – is is not it's strong pretty, it's pretty pretty <laughs> terrible it's pretty terrible uh is there is there any other guys uh that kind of jump out to you from your article that you know, that you'd like to talk about um i mean i'll probably bring up some like bullet points and some of these guys we'll talk about like the rest of the show but i'd encourage anyone to go read that i mean definitely i think that the guy that sets up to look like tyler lockett light or, you know, uh, arbitrage on Tyler Lockett is Marquise Brown. Like, he really mm, yep. looks like Tyler Lockett uh, objectively. 
Like kind of in a similar spot, low volume passing game, good vertically, gets a lot of end zone targets. He he looks a lot the part of Tyler Lockett from a fantasy sense. So, I mean, Marquise Brown is another one of those guys that kind of shows up there. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I love Hollywood this year myself. Um, so before we, uh, get into a game that, uh, we used to play back in the days of fake goods, I uh, just want to remind everybody that all your, um, player tiers, write-ups and seasonal rankings, uh, they're out there at the site for subscribers, subscribers. So make sure you're going to do that. Uh, and now we have a little game we like to play called this or that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. All right, let's play this for that, Rich. It's been about the black sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been about four plus years since we played this game, so uh, it, it'll be interesting um, for those folks that don't remember this game. Uh, this is basically Rich and I having a little game with ourselves um, based off Fantasy Pros ranks. These are PPR ranks. Um, who we like. Um, that are kind of right next to each other in ADP. Sometimes it's right next to each other in ranks for um, week to week, depending on where we're doing this in the season. But for right now, we're doing ADP. So let's start off with uh, one of your favorites, obviously, uh, in Adam Thielen, who's currently being uh, drafted as a wide receiver 12 versus Amari Cooper at wide receiver 13. Who you got? I mean, I think I know who you have here. But go ahead and go ahead and tell me. I think we spoiled the, the lead earlier in the yeah, show. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I am feeling who I definitely have well inside the top 10 uh, in PPR formats. <laughs> and, you know, you look at last year, I mean, he only played 43% of snaps. Um, but, I mean, when he did play, he was really good. He had a reception of 20 or more yards on 29.2% of his targets. That was fourth in the league. Uh, he averaged 14 and a half yards per catch. You know, you lose Stephon Diggs, which, you know, isn't like really a thing for him. He was going to get a lot of targets anyways, even if Stephon Diggs was there. But I really like the selection of Justin Jefferson and what it does for Adam Thielen because uh, Justin Jefferson's a guy that's probably going to project to play inside more, which lets Thielen run more of the routes that Stephon Diggs was running. So when the Vikings run these, you know, play action passes I mean they're going to go downfield to Adam Thielen who's a guy that can win downfield as well it's also another team that just objectively has a really rough depth chart I mean you get the rookie first rounder Justin Jefferson but Chad Beebe, Ola B.C. Johnson, Alexander Hollins, Davion Davis, Braylon Addison, Dylan Mitchell I mean I I don't even know if half those guys are real players that I named Um, and we also (laughs) KJ Osborne, KJ Osborne, remember that name? You do like KJ Osborne. I do. do. We also have a stretch too where Thielen's already proved he's a Bonafide wide receiver one. You think of that yeah. front half stretch of 2018, and then I did that play uh, play splits article where just Minnesota projects to have a lot more passing volume this year. Even though they're, I mean, they're not going to be a team to throw 600 passes, but there's a, they're a good bet to have probably another, you know, maybe two full games worth of pass attempts than what they had last year mm. uh, for him. Um, I, I like Amari Cooper. Probably, I'm like one foot in and one foot out on Amari. Sure. I think that just some people are completely fading him, but I think he's a solid wide receiver too that has spike weeks, wide receiver one spike weeks. Yeah. But I mean, you go back to even that, what we've been talking about as a theme of the show. I mean, even in 2018, he was 19th or lower among the top 40 wide receivers in all five of the categories that we laid out, including volume per game. He's also a major scoring regression candidate. He had 43.3 red zone points last year on just 18.6 expected fantasy points. Um, he was 30th in red, red zone expected points, but he was 11th overall in output. Um, and then I think that, I mean, you just look at his opportunity. It was so much 
similar and tighter to Michael Gallup's than where the ADP is between those two players. Um, but I do think the one out for Mari Cooper is the selection of CD Lamb. I think is really good for him. And I talked about it on a show for misused players. Mari Cooper was my most misused wide receiver on the show that uh, we did, you know, about you know six or eight weeks ago. Uh, if if CD Lamb's uh, draft selection of him offers Amari Cooper to play in the slot more, that is going to be big for Amari Cooper because you look at these these moments where Amari Cooper has gone away in fantasy, and it's when he has to play a, a physical cornerback. Um, you know, I mean, look at last year. He had five games versus Tre'Davious White, Darius Slay, Stephon Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey, and Marshawn Lattimore. And in those five games, he caught a combined 17 of 31 targets for 190 yards, zero touchdowns. He had just 10 of 21 targets for 114 yards combined in the coverage of those cornerbacks. Getting him in the slot more could be really big for his upside and his versatility and getting him some free releases, especially when the, when this, the Cowboys play some of these tougher cornerbacks. Um, you know, Darius Slade just got added to his division as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so, I mean, that's a plus for him, but uh, I am team feeling here on this one. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, and I, you know, drafting like Adam Thielen is like not the person I typically draft, and I would always probably go Amari Cooper in that situation. Um, but he's with, like the new Jordy, where he's like not like a boring. He's not Julian Edelman. Like he's right. like, he, he he gets fun targets. Right, right. I just I I I love Amari Cooper so much, and I always have mm-hmm. ever since he was at Alabama, and and. And so, you know, you always want a part of this offense, but the thing that always kind of this year, especially that um, gives me a little pause is because you can get Michael Gallup so late, um, you know, there's not that option in Minnesota where if you don't get Thielen, like you're looking at what Irv Smith, and that's not even somebody you're, you're wanting to start, but somebody, Michael Gallup is definitely somebody you, you can, you can start and get those points. Um, And so that's, that's where I'm at. And I, Obviously, you you said it much better, and you brought up the stats. But I mean, Adam Thielen is, is the clear winner here um, for me as well. But uh, let's move on to DJ Chark versus Terry McLaurin. Um, I think I'll start here. Uh, so DJ Chark is currently the wide receiver twenty one on Fantasy Pros, and Terry McLaurin wide receiver twenty two. You know, I think a lot of people uh, are probably going to be on Team Chark here, but I. I'm kind of loving Terry McLaurin this year. I think um, uh, Dwayne Haskins takes a step this year. I think uh, there's going to be more passing. And um, Terry McLaurin is uh, uh, our buddy Matt Harmon did a did a write up on him for his reception perception, and McLaurin was just amazeballs in it. And so um, you know he he was a rookie last year. Nobody saw this coming. He he'll take this year two steps. Same with Dwayne Haskins. Um, more passing volume. I mean, I think, I think the sky's the limit for him, especially with uh, Kelvin Harmon out for the year um, that, they, you know, that's just more targets that uh, they're going to go to McLaurin. And in, in, in my opinion, who who you like in here? I really like both these players. If you can get, Oh yeah, man, I go back on this one all the time. Cause you know, shark was a guy I thought coming in this off season that I would kind of be out on. And like, I keep unearthing things on him that I like, but I do have McLaurin higher and it's just based on kind of the edge of the types of targets he gets. Uh, he was 11th in deep ball target rate. He was 8th in end zone target rate, ninth in red zone target rate as a rookie. He started to establish some of that rapport with Dwayne Haskins down the back of, uh, you know, last season. Over the final three games, the two guys played together. McLaurin caught 16 to 21 targets, 273 yards and two touchdowns. 
uh, before he had to sit out week 17 with a concussion. Uh, you talked about that. I mean, it's another Washington depth chart is not strong uh, for wide receiver targets. I mean, you got, you had Antonio Gandy golden, you lose Kelvin Harmon, Steven Sims, they had uh, Antonio Gibson who will be involved in the past game. But I also like the addition of a guy like just yeah, just <laughs> just but you know, like Scott Turner added as the OC. I think they're going to move him around a little bit more than he was. I also think it's going to happen for DJ Shark, you know, getting to play with McLaurin's ex-coach. It's now coordinator Jacksonville, mm. Jay Gruden. I think they're going to move DJ Shark around the slot a little bit too. And he didn't have many slot snaps last year, but he was really good. Uh, but Shark was just a lower than McLaurin in terms of target rate out, outside of uh, – he was 19th or lower in every category outside of end zone target rate, which he was 13th in. But I did an article on DJ Shark this offseason and just looked at his historical cohorts in terms of year two production compared to year one production. And you look at the the names on this list, uh, from 2000 to 2018, there were 619 wide receivers selected in the draft. Of those players, DJ Shark's year two receiving yardage increase of 834 yards was the eighth largest bump of all those players. And the names above him were Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Antonio Brown, Steve Breston, Allen Robinson, Josh Gordon, and Chad Ojosinko, Chad Johnson. Uh, so that's pretty good company. And if that's the company you're keeping, I'm definitely going to be poking around, just kind of see where your career goes, uh, if there's any type of discount. But I do have McLaurin slightly ahead, uh, just because I believe his target volume is, is going to be a little higher. And his, his types of targets were a little shade better uh, than, than the target Shark got. But um, I'm still, I, I do like sharks still a lot. That, that's not, these, these are supposed to be tough choices. Yeah. The, those are two. T- and like you said, I mean, if you can get both grab both, cause uh, they're both going to be, be, be pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, that does remind me like just that the way chart closed out the year, um, maybe that mm-hmm. leaves a little bit of a, of a bad taste in my mouth with a little bit of recency bias. Um, but what not, I think he's over 75 yards once in his last, let's see, two, four, six, six games, five games, mm-hmm. um, no touchdowns. And, um, you know, I think that's what, what's kind of left a, a bad taste in my mouth. So um, let's move on to the next. Well, this is kind of a fun one. Um, two bangles here. Uh, Tyler Boyd checks in at wide receiver 29 and A.J. Green at wide receiver 30. Uh, who are you taking here and why? Yeah, this is this is a fun one when I saw this one. Uh, I mean, I believe that Tyler Boyd is objectively the better bet to make, but I would probably rather draft, draft A.J. Green uh, nine times out of ten on most of my rosters than, than I would Tyler Boyd and kind of take the swing on him. Sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, for the reason is – so, I mean, Green has never finished wide receiver 17 or lower in points per game in any season he's played, but he does turn 32 this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe it, he actually his birthday either was this Friday or it was last Friday. Uh, so happy birthday or early birthday, you know, Adriel Jeremiah. Uh, but he's missed 29 games since the start of 2015. So there is a like, a, uh, are we trying to catch a falling knife aspect with AJ Green? Are we just, you know, but he's wide receiver 30 in ADP as well. And it's hard to arbitrage AJ Green at wide receiver 30 than it is Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 29. Right. I mean, I can look at guy uh, Tyler Boyd where he's going and say, yeah, those 147 targets he had last year are probably going to come down a little bit. Is he? Am I able to get players that have similar target volumes and similar usage after him? Uh, you know, a Christian Kirk, a Sterling Shepard, uh, you know, an Anthony Miller. Are those guys that are going to be like later on that are going to be used in a similar capacity? You know, and be in a similar involvement. Uh, so I mean, you look at you know AJ Green. 
uh, you know, the, it, it, we know like what it can be. Uh, right. But I mean, I, I, I haven't really been drafting him a lot. I'm starting to try to reverse course of that a little bit and just get him on some of these best ball teams. I still still think in drafts, someone likes him more than I, I do in most drafts. But, uh, you know, you look at Tyler Boyd. I mean, he has just re- been relying on volume so far. Uh, he's seventh among all wide receivers and targets last season, like I said. But the reason he was just 18th in overall points scored and 27th in points per game is because he doesn't get a lot of those fantasy-rich targets. Maybe that will change with Joe Burrow uh, and, you know, A.J. Green being on the field again because he was better with A.J. Green on the field when we last saw the two play together in 2018. But with just, you know, career targets of those guys, he's bottom five in all the rate statistics. You know, targets per game, uh he, he showed up last year, but even if you factor in 2019, uh, he was 29th or lower in everything outside of targets per game. So he's getting a lot of volume, but the types of targets that we really want to stack fantasy points, not getting those types of targets, which makes it tough. And that's why you always see a guy like Tyler Boyd come in under these model projections yeah. when they're like, he's, he always falls under expected points is because he's not getting those targets that, that really matter uh, and can really turn things around for fantasy. Uh, so you're hoping for a little bit of better quarterback play can smooth out some of his, you know, unevenness last year. But I still think when you're talking about in terms of what you can get in the draft, you might be able to get a, a, a Tyler Boyd type later as where it's a lot harder to get an AJ Green type later. Right. And it, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think for, for me, I, I'm, I'm going to be drafting AJ Green over Tyler Boyd as well, just because I, I'm always – kind of going for that more upside anyway in my lineups. Um, you know, you, you're talking to AJ Green, missed 2019 with all these weird, mysterious injuries. Um, clearly doesn't like to be a Bengal, but did sign his tender um, or his deal for this year. He's he's going to be playing with not Andy Dalton. Uh, so who knows what that will be? I mean, this is a guy that if, say he does stay healthy and he gets uh, Boyd's 140 targets, you know, you're looking at a, easy 1200 yard season and and double digit touchdowns possibly um if burrow is 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 the quarterback we all think he can be um as a rookie and uh for me i mean as as a rookie i have burrow currently projected for just over uh like one i think he is one touchdown over the rookie record and just over passing yards for uh, 4,300 or 4,380 for passing yards, so just over the record for that. Um, if A.J. Green stays healthy and he's aver- and he's still able to average 14 yards a game or so, I mean, we're looking at uh, a guy that far, far overplays his, his ADP. So I'm, I'm on the A.J. Green uh, train as well. Uh, the next one is Christian Kirk versus Deontay Johnson. This one's tough because I, I love Christian Kirk, but it's hard to deny Deontay Johnson. Um, I, I'm curious on who, where you, where you have these guys in, in your ranks or your tiers right now. I mean, I have them, uh, you know, in the, in, a, in the same tier, which is why they're ADP. So I was going to say, right, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have Deontay just a shade uh, above. Just because, you know, you, you, you add DeAndre Hopkins, which is who's such a target hog, and you look at just um, the, the, the skill set I think Deontay Johnson has is really reminiscent of a lot of guys that Ben Roethlisberger's really jived with. I mean, you think, like, the type of build he is 
Mm. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Holmes, you know, kind of those, those ghosts of Steelers past that, are, that, you know, Ben has really had a lot of success. But I think he's that type of player, a guy that gets open. By now you've heard the separation stats, you know, for him. Uh, but, you know, doesn't – he didn't get a lot of money targets last year. It's really hard. We have to put a grain of salt, you know, because of the quarterback play that they had, you know, with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, who were just beyond horrible. Um, Kirk's – you know, got Kyler. Kirk's going to get a, a ton of burn still. I mean, you look at – I mean, his receptions per game jumped to 5.2 per game last year. Yep. He just lost a lot of, you know, output, you know, uh, per catch. I mean, he lost 3.3 yards per catch off of his rookie season, 2.1 yards per target, a lot of, you know, underneath tertiary targets. Uh, out of 127 players with 50 or more targets last year, Kirk ranked 107th in percentage of targets to result in a gain of 20 or more yards or a touchdown. He was 110th in result of targets that turned into a first down. Um, and then he had he found the end zone just three times, you know, and it was all in one game. Uh, just also another guy that just doesn't have a lot of career – opportunity to score touchdowns you know when you look at just 12 career end zone targets through two years uh they said you you know you add uh, deandre hopkins i mean no team is going to run three or four wide receivers that's more than the cardinals though he's going to be out there he's going to get targets uh but you know similar thing with deontay johnson i think these guys end up with similar you know target shares it's just kind of where you believe the upside lies i think deontay johnson probably has a little more gas in the tank uh, you know, for a little bit upside, but it is close. I do like Kirk a little bit to bounce back though off last year. Like I said, I definitely don't expect him to score all his touchdowns in one game this year. Um, but it is disappointing that he was just used close to the line of scrimmage. You would think that adding DeAndre Hopkins though and having Larry Fitzgerald still and assuming they're not going to play Andy Isabella again, but you know, maybe they will, <laughs> that Kirk would, he maybe he 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 oscillates back and he's used more down the field like he was his rookie season, because um, Kyler can wing it. He just wasn't used that way, you know, last year. And he did have an ankle injury throughout the course of the season as well. Don't want to knock him for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are two guys that are probably aren't going to score a bunch of touchdowns either. So it's yeah. I almost talk, almost talked myself out of Deanna Johnson throughout the, was, the process of there. It's, it's a, that's how close I feel like this is. Um, but I think I am still on the side of Deontay Johnson just slightly. Well, and I think what you, uh, what you bring up or what you brought up there near the end is um, in what, in what is giving, I think fantasy drafters a huge discount is Christian Kirk had that, that injury um, at the, I think it was in the middle of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when really his production and his yards, uh, and I felt like he just wasn't um, the explosive player that he, that he showed out the first two years. Um, I think we're getting the huge discount on that right now. And if he's fully healthy heading into the season, and he's really only going to be battling with DeAndre Hopkins for, mm-hmm. for, for, uh, for targets this season, uh, give me a second year of Kyler Murray in this offense. Um, as long as he's healthy. I mean, I, I think I'm taking Christian Kirk all the way here for sure. Like definitely. And he's, that's my dude right there, but I love Deontay Johnson. So um, either one, I mean, I'm, I'm taking Kirk. We got to like disagree Deontay. on one of these. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I do. I do like Deontay Johnson though. So, I mean, really what the easiest thing to do is just draft both. Right. Right, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, everyone's on Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Whereas yeah, Christian yeah. Kirk kind of has just remained kind of stagnant. I mean, you That's definitely what I mean, can get like. Christian Kirk cheaply. You can get him cheaply. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh wide receiver 36. I mean, that's you can get him pretty cheap. That's the 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 end of the tier for the wide receiver three right there. So give me him. It's nice. Well, we agree we disagreed on one of them. So I mean that's 
That's we'll do okay. better next time. We'll do better. We didn't, next we, time. We didn't plan this in advance. So I, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about this at all. Um, <laughs> so we we did a little bit of this or that. Um, and you know, one of my favorite things to do is talk about deep plays. Like that's always been my my thing in in life for whatever the reason. Um, so we're we're gonna look at uh, deep pulls at wide receiver sixty or higher um, when you're looking at fantasy pros current ADP. And I think you know I'm gonna. I'm going to, I'm going to start off just because it's, it's right on the tee for me and it's right at wide receiver 60. It's Curtis Samuel. Um, I think for me, yeah, I like Curtis Sam- I mean, at wide receiver, at wide receiver 60, you literally can't go wrong. Joe Brady has already come out and said that, you know, and it could be, it, it, it obviously could be coach speak, but Curtis Samuel is, um, it's, he's basically one of the most important pieces in this offense and offense will kind of, will will run however he does so he's he's an integral part he, if you're looking at uh after dj Moore, there's really not much in terms of uh target hogs greg olson's gone um behind chris tamuel you have robbie anderson seth roberts farrell cooper brand zystra and ian thomas um coming into the first year as a starter with the panthers um curtis samuel is a guy that can be i mean Harmon again he even did an article on him as well uh gets open at will um Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, for, for whatever you will say about him, his deep ball isn't as bad as you might think it is. And that's where Curtis Samuel seemed to um, get missed on a lot is his deep balls. If, he, if Teddy can connect with him on some deep balls, I mean, this guy's at wide receiver 60. He's going to smash his, AB, his current ADP. I like, I like Samuel call. I mean, Scott Turner, who went to Washington, was the guy that he came out last year and when he took over calling plays towards the end of last season, you know, highlighted how wrong they had used him up to that point of the season. Mm. And some of his usage kind of shifted. And adding a guy like Robbie Anderson, who is a deep threat, allows him to go and do some of those other things that, you know, sure. kind of was hinted upon, where he was kind of forced to be the deep threat on that roster as it was put together last year. He doesn't have to be that now, and they can use him with some more creativity and how he was used coming out of college at Hawaii, Ohio State in that Joe Brady passing scheme. I like him a lot. Uh, a couple guys like late, uh, I mean, we can bounce it back and forth. Uh, well, I definitely like Deshaun Jackson where he goes. And I listen, I'm far beyond the guy love Deshaun Jackson. 30, I mean, a 34 year old wide receiver, how can you not love a, a guy <laughs> like that? There's so much upside there. But you look at just, you know, Wentz, Wentz and what he did that one game that they played and just the upside he showed. You know, had <laughs> that a huge one, game. Yeah. That right. one game. But I mean, they're also talking about moving Jalen Rager around now in the preseason. They're already walking back, uh, you know, and having him learn more positions right. because that, a lot of that production from Deshaun Jackson in week one last year came out of the slot and we can get him some of those deep shots out of the slot we're getting free releases I mean he's just so cheap I don't see like how he's not a guy that they jam with targets early in the season without Alshon Jeffrey with Ragor still coming along only really having Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders throw targets to and you know Dallas Goddard I think I think DJX is gonna have it's gonna start the season off um, a lot better than you know he may be towards the end of it but I mean there's an opportunity early in the season to run in some of those splash weeks with Deshaun Jackson uh, another no, guy I like who is a complete hedge on, you know, a narrative, and I brought it a couple times, but uh, just he's so cheap, why not take a shot on, is uh, Josh Reynolds. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that the Rams are going to play a lot more 12. I think that they would like to. 
uh, do that, it might not be as easy as they think it is. Anytime at the back half of the end of the season that they trailed, they went right back to 11 personnel. Uh, you know, no Brandon Cooks, that role is going to be Josh Reynolds to start the season. He is a th- guy that led the Rams in end zone targets just two years ago in 2018. So if the Rams are going to have to play more 11 personnel, they in their first 11 games, they face seven teams that have higher projected win totals than the season. I mean, Josh Reynolds is going to get a lot of snaps. He can, he can be an end zone target over a Woods and, and Cup. They've done it before with those guys in the field um why not take a shot and just see if the narrative is wrong on the rams offense altogether uh because i think that they're going to be one of the most pass heaviest teams in the nfl this year as well sure. uh so why not take a shot and see you know where the season starts you know with your, with your wide receiver six but he goes like wide receiver in the 70s so i mean like why not just see where it goes for the rams uh, if that know? i'm, I'm <laughs> looking i'm looking for him right now actually i don't even know if i see him on here unless i'm just completely missing him Reynolds, I really don't see. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, he's. Hold on, I just found him. He's one oh seven. Yeah. So right. from weeks eleven to seventeen last year, any point the Rams trailed in the game in this the stretch where everyone cites the twelve personnel, they used eleven personnel on eighty five percent of their offensive plays at any point they trailed. So anytime they trailed, it went right back to what the Sean McVay offense was. So I mean, I mean, I think he's a guy that probably flirts with at least ninety targets. Uh, if not more, and then if you get an injury to a, a Woods or a Cup, uh, you know you're that's just another stepping stone. But uh, yeah. I just feel like why not at that point, you know, take a shot, uh, you know, there at that point. I will say you're probably right for some reason. Fantasy Pros has Fantrax ADP in here, and it's just at 88. Uh, but ESPN, NFL, um, uh, RT Sports, and NFL.com don't have the whatever for for whatever reason they don't have the ADP in here for uh, oh, Josh Allen. Yeah. So that's why he's so far down. Right, right, right. And I mean, just looking at just looking at like all these receivers, sixty and down. I could literally fill the lineup with these with these receivers. I feel like in some of my dynasty leagues, that's what's sad. That's what's sad. I mean, it's just so deep this year. You could there's so many names that are just interesting. James James Washington's another name that I that I love off this list. Randall Cobb, even uh, Lavisca Chenault. Uh, it really just goes on and on. Like who who who's maybe one one more of your favorite people on here? I do. I do like James Washington. I think that they, he's a fun one. He led the team in receiving last year. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's and, and they on the opposite. They are a team that plays a lot of eleven personnel. So right. Washington, Johnson, and Juju are going to be on the field a lot together. Uh, you know, you know, if Ben can hold up. I mean, that, I mean, listen, we've talked about that offense on the show a bunch. Uh, believe that they're going to bounce back. Um, try to give you one more on the way out. Uh, trying to think of who sticks out on this, on this group here. Oh. I mean, are you not? Are you not in it doing the the Lazard train? Are you not? Uh, no, I am. I like I like uh, Lazard a lot, but I I still think you know ESB is still kind of like the my dark mind, horse. I don't mind ESB as a dark horse. Yeah, I think he's he's you know he's he's a six round guy, but he's he's six foot five, I think, and two hundred twenty pounds. I think uh, he could. You know, he could kind of scratch out a, a role in this offense. And if he does, I mean, you're getting him for free. Either, you're getting both these guys for free, really. So, I mean, toss right. it out either one if you need to. Yeah, I, I know just drafted you're ESB in the 29th hey. round of a dynasty startup. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, nice. hey, uh, throw, throwing them darts. So, so them yeah, darts. so you're obviously, you're, you're obviously expecting big things from the 29th round, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's open. It's open there outside of Devontae Adams. I mean, yeah. we don't know if Jay Sternberger is going to generate a lot of targets. It's Tight ends it's, usually don't with Aaron Rodgers. It, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like the, definitely the Packers situation is still worth exploring. 
Uh, but the problem We've been is saying that, that every Rogers. year, I feel like, and then it's just always a dud. Is that well? It's because Aaron Rodgers jo- yeah. is not there in Rodgers. That right, right, you know, right. Was you know, it's not like he's just turning James Jones into you know, uh, you know, I think the, James Jones. Yeah, I mean, he's not turning these guys from from nothing into something like he was right. early in his career. You know, the Jarrett Boykin. Remember Jarrett Boykin? Oh like, yeah, uh, Jared. So, you oh know, yeah. Ten inch hands, and everyone was on that one year oh, uh, because God. he finished year hot. I mean, Rodgers just hasn't that. been that type of quarterback to, to, to support a lot of those guys. That's why it's so easy to like Devontae Adams. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking wider seat. Like I said, we're not looking at the downside for any of these guys this low. We're only right. looking for one outcome when we're taking these guys and we're shooting for the moon. Swing <laughs> from right. the heels here. Swing from the heels. That's how we do. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty much all we have for today. Um, Rich, always a pleasure. Um, make sure that you are. Again, we are giving away two free copies of uh, Warren's new book on the PDF file. Make sure if to get those, you have to go subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Uh, we will pick the winners, and I think we're probably going to announce them next week on the show, or we'll get a hold of you some way or another. Um, before we get out of here, though, Rich, what do, you, what do you got to plug? What do you have to say? Where can we find you on Twitter? Listen, you know, Matt Lord Reeves, hit that sharpfootballanalysis.com. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff, the new stuff for the draft guide is out. You know, definitely check out the tiers, new content uh, that we're dropping there. Uh, Dan Pazoo just had an article today on Lamar Jackson as well for your cover your real football needs. Definitely, mm-hmm. you know, just keep hitting the site, uh, keep hitting the Twitter feeds, and definitely please, 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 please give us those, you know, rates and reviews and subscribes, and we'll give you a, a copy of a t- 20 team, yeah. 2020 team preview book. You scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for Lo- for Rich, he's at Lord Reeves on Twitter, and I'm at Chad underscore Scott13. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Later.